Welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we are talking about Ghost of Tsushima, developed by Sucker Punch Productions, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. I was really excited for this. First, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Is this basically Assassin's Creed in Feudal Japan? I can get why you would say that. It is reminiscent, but not a direct copy. It has a lot of the same mechanics, but I don't care because this looks like a hell of a lot of fun. I disagree. That's fine. You're allowed to. <laughs> I, this is like a hell of a lot of fun. The yeah, idea yeah. for me, the idea of an open world where I can ride a horse around and I just can go around and be pretty much a single badass every now and then teaming up in missions, but just going around and kind of doing my own thing and the ability to customize my character to look how I want them to. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. Like your outfit. Your outfit. Yeah. All of that looked really cool. The way the world interacted and I cannot get over how cool I thought it was where they had just the wind telling you where to go for your next objective. I thought that was going to be super cool. I was so, really worried about that actually in yeah. the beginning because I was like, fuck, I might not actually be able to <laughs> Don't where I'm going. follow <laughs> this, you know, because it is a completely different mechanic than a lot of games mm -hmm. of this type. But it was really cool. Yeah. Really cool. I think they did a great job. This is going to be one of my gripes about it. I feel like they emphasized a little too much on the birds will lead you to secret locations and the foxes will take you to secret locations. And in reality, it's eh, not exactly like that. It's close, but not really. But again, okay, so this game is a lot about the symbolism. Yes. Look at the symbolism behind Lion Oh, yeah. Games. And that was something that once I grasped that concept, those foxes that lead you, mm -hmm. they're sacred animals yeah. in Japan. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to want to talk about the deer. Because I don't know if you tried it, but... I killed one and it's not good. <laughs> I was going to say, I was surprised by that. We'll get there. But yeah, I was super stoked for this game. I was way excited for it to come out. I honestly got it a little confused with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, only because they were both melee combat samurai games that involved a lot of running around and stuff. Yeah, but unlike Sekiro... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, Sekiro is very much a what is what Dark Souls. Is, Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. It is very much Dark Souls For sure. combat. Where this. Not so much. No. And again, that was just all pre-leading up to it out. I was trying to stay away from a lot, a lot of, of the trailers. And yeah, stuff. a lot of the trailers and stuff. I wanted it to kind of go. And normally, unknown. normally, I do as well. Mm -hmm. But I am such a huge fan of feudal Japan. Yeah. I, I love it. This was uh, an area in which I spent a good portion of my childhood, like, absorbed in their culture, their history, their habits, all of it. I might not get this exactly right, but there was a line in The Last Samurai where Tom Cruise's character is learning about samurai. Mm -hmm. And he's basically told, when your ancestors were still infants, these people had already mastered killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's, it's very true, yeah. very legit. These guys, they were incredible with not only the discipline and the respect that they showed, but who they were mm -hmm. just as historical figures and people. So I was I was super excited about it. As soon as I saw this game, I ran out and bought it. And I don't know, have you ever played anything else produced by Sucker Punch? What was that other one? Infamous. Yeah, that was going to say, there was something else they did, though. Infamous right? was their big one. So they came out with Infamous, yeah. and then they did Infamous 2. And then when the PS4 launched, they did Infamous Second Son. Yeah. 
which Infamous Second Son was a, a huge game. Again, it was one of those that I pre-ordered because I actually liked the Infamous series. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hit or miss yeah. <laughs> on it, to be real honest with you. But I um, And I played that game such a long time ago. We're talking literally launch a PS4. Infamous Second Son came out like a week later. Yeah. Or maybe a week before. I'm not even sure. It was just <laughs> like right, right on top of each other, basically. And I played it. I enjoyed it. It was a great game. It was super fun. And so with that in mind... Mm -hmm. I was concerned and excited at the same time because what they had done before, even though it was more modern, it was still that open world mission based, but you had to deal a lot with powers Mm -hmm. and the ability to do extraordinary things. And this was going back to a time where it was exactly that you rode a horse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) everywhere yeah (laughs) which by the way i don't know how much did you ride your horse and how much did you find yourself actually just running around going oh fuck i have a horse what am i doing because i did that quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) like so i don't know what copy of this that you got i did get the super deluxe edition uh, yeah yeah so i was like oh i paid for a fourth horse because when you get to that point you have the option of three horses if you bought this edition you have a fourth horse and the only difference is cosmetic it's just how it looks it really is well and you get a cosmetic piece of armor now yeah. Now, I will say that the armor itself, the, the clothing behind it, it wasn't just cosmetic. There are stats mm-hmm. that are attached with this equipment, which I actually kind of liked because depending on what type of equipment it was, depended on what buffs it gave you, mm-hmm. and it very much matched oh, yeah. the equipment type. So I did find in a lot of cases where I kept switching my outfits mm-hmm. constantly oh, yeah. I, to get the buffs that I needed to get for the situation that I was in. Most of the time, if I was running around looking at stuff, I was wearing the Explorer outfit because it gave you that buff to removing the fog of war. Oh, and God. then once you get a specific kind of armor, I would put that on when I would do a standoff because it gave you extra attacks in that. And then once real combat started, changed to a third piece of armor because that one had a damage increase and a damage reduction. Yep, a health increase, I believe. And then there was a health increase with the third one, right? Yeah. So I did find that. And I will admit, it got annoying after a while. (laughs) I just Like, you don't have to do it. No, you don't. But it was just kind of one of those... Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. If I'm doing a standoff and I get a couple extra attacks in that standoff by switching my armor, strategically... It makes sense. (laughs) That is the wiser decision. Because I will say... I very much felt like this game was, even though you could seamlessly go from assassin-type combat into full-fledged combat, I felt like it was mainly based on that assassin-type combat. You would have a much easier time if you mastered the stealth and assassin gameplay. Not exactly, but yeah, gameplay instead of the full, I'm going to run in like a fucking barbarian. Well, yeah, because there are so many enemies in certain areas that you could get overwhelmed. and Very quickly. You know, and I like to play on normal. I know you like to play on hard. I played on the hardest difficulty there was, buddy. (laughs) Um, But even then, it doesn't take long for you to get overwhelmed when you're in big combat situations. These standoffs that we're talking about, if you screw that up, not only is your life knocked down to practically zero. Basically nothing. But now you have five, six, seven, eight guys that you have to try to take on. And yeah, it can get really tough there. So yeah, Yeah. I do agree that it leaned heavily into that assassin type stuff just to kind of whittle down the numbers. But they did give you enough, I feel, in combat because you could switch your stances. It was basically like rock, paper, scissors zone. 
almost. Yeah. You had a stance that was good against swordsmen, a stance that was good against brutes, a stance that's good against guys with spears and stuff. They made the flow of those stances very seamless. I did not have a hard time like, hey, I'm fighting the swordsman and then a quick switch to a brute. I could mid-swing switch my stance and then my next attack after that would be in the new stance style. I love how how when you pull the trigger to switch your stances, time slows down. So it gives you that moment of, okay, what stance do I need? Oh, it's a polearm guy coming. I have to switch to wind stance, I think is what it's called. So speaking of (laughs) certain things, symbolism. Mm -hmm. So did you notice the mapping of the stances? Uh, Oh, yeah. Because the sword sword location is X. Yeah. And it's two swords crossed. Mm -hmm. Your shield is circle. And it's it's a shield. Yep, that's it. That Your was, brutes were the big was the square was the square, and it, the symbol is is very squarish. And then the spearman was a spearhead, and it's on triangle. Triangle, yeah. And I was like, once I acknowledged that, I didn't even need to think about it. Yeah, I just knew shield, and I would hit circle because my brain automatically made that connection, mm-hmm. which I thought was ingenious oh, it was so just sp- another level of hey here's this there's so much smart stuff in this game from the plot from the side quest to the main quest i mean everything in this game just made sense i yeah. never got a feeling that something didn't fit there, there was a couple of things that kind of was like this is a little odd mm-hmm. to me and it was kind of some of the weird collectibles yeah you know that i was just like well there's got to be collectibles Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, come on, it's, yeah, it's a game. On, it's, it's an open world game. It's yeah. gotta be collectible. Which I was okay with. I mm-hmm. loved. Some of them, again, I felt kind of got tedious mm-hmm. and monotonous and stuff like that. Like, I am not good at writing haikus. Oh my God. <laughs> and I... there basically got a point where I would sit down for a haiku and I would just hit random buttons and see. Just hit the first thing you found. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what? <laughs> What basically popped up because I tried my best. Hey, this is a haiku on tranquility. And I'm like, well, I think this works. And then he would like read it all together. And I was like, oh, no, that's bad. (laughs) That's terrible. So after a while, I kind of got tired of doing that. Yeah, for me it was the shrines because once I oh, found so once I found the charms that I wanted to use, I never switched them out. I never used anything different regardless of what I was doing. I had charms that would buff my damage, reduce my damage taken, give me extra health, you know, and a couple others that were good. Yeah, yeah just yeah, I, I did the same thing. There was one that regenerated once, my health after combat, which super helpful. Yeah. That was one that I think you're basically an idiot if you don't equip that one because your health doesn't regenerate naturally after Mm -hmm. combat. So having that definitely is a big plus, especially on the harder difficulties. Because I'm, I'm telling you on that hardest difficulty, one, two hits. Yeah. And that was it. That's all it took. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what armor you were wearing or anything like that or how much health that you had, which is, you know, going into that aspect, something that I liked. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll break this down in a little bit more of a seamless you know pattern type deal of far as discussion goes but you know as the story progresses you keep going to different sections and each section is harder fuck those ronins <laughs> <laughs> I like hate those guys it was something that i appreciated though oh, yeah, because was, yeah. i got to a point even on the first section where i was like i'm annihilating yeah, this these is guys. too easy this is too easy and normally in games when it becomes that easy in the first section the rest of the game rides pretty easy yeah i went into that second section and i like <laughs> dead just kept on and i was like 
oh my god like this is this is insanely difficult and then at first i was kind of annoyed by it but you know what the challenge is still yeah it's now and i love challenging yeah and i love the fact (laughs) that the challenge is still there i'm so used to that challenge going away so quickly Mm. that now it's not and yeah it, it was a pleasant surprise absolutely i had a very similar thought like wow i'm really kicking everybody's ass here this is super easy i'm really scared for the oh i'm in the next section and i just got slaughtered awesome now i have to rethink all my tactics again yeah this is good (laughs) no and i i will say those ronin they are if you go sword fight with them they are really hard to beat the standoff is where you need to go and even then even oh yeah so you know discussing a little bit of that we've gone through some of the gameplay and some of the mechanics and everything like that now let's discuss how it comes together as a whole this is a historical game Mm -hmm. now granted it's historical fiction yeah (laughs) (laughs) our favorite kind yeah absolutely Based on um, real events, but not following the, actual yeah, history. 13th century, the Mongols really did try to invade Japan. Mm-hmm. And they did go to Shushima, which is a real island for those who don't know. And this was not made up. This was a legit thing. In doing such, they did meet some difficulties and challenges. But they were able to go to... I'm Right off the bat, before I go any further... Yeah. I am terrible at Japanese, people. <laughs> yeah, apologies These to... These names I am so going tough. to butcher. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. The Hakata Bay, Iki, Iki, See, I, I'm, I'm not good at it. They did attack a couple of different spots. So that was one that I appreciated. Was mm-hmm. Boom, here's this historical aspect right off the bat. And of course, they throw you into the aspect of a samurai. You are... A samurai. Or at least that's the impression that I got in the beginning of the game was you are a samurai. Yes. Throughout the gameplay, I didn't know. I got to this point where I wasn't sure what my actual classification was. Mm -hmm. You play Jin Sakai of the clan Sakai. And he is the nephew to Lord Shimura, who's the Jito of the island, which... Jito are basically, think of like barons. Mm -hmm. They're the same thing. They're basically the temporary leader of this territory that is still ruled by the mainland. Right. And under the law of the lord Mm. and everything like that. It's just they need to basically have a person in place to manage the island and everything. And that was what he was. And they are on the beach to try and stop the Mongol invasion. And I think... This part, to me, right off the bat, was what laid down this was going to be an amazing game. (laughs) I love that when you start this battle, it's the tutorial. And I love when tutorials are incorporated into game and story. I'm talking about still even the cinematic. I mean, yeah. He sends a samurai down to basically face the Mongol leader. And as I said, these are men of respect. Mm -hmm. These are men of of discipline. And honor. And honor and everything. They have a code. Yeah, and so even if you're my enemy, I'm going to respect you as an enemy. Mm -hmm. So he hops off his horse, he does this huge spiel of who he is, and he wants to talk to the Mongol leader. And this guy walks up with a thing of wine, or, well, it's a fermented mare's milk, and he throws it on him and then lights his ass on fire. (laughs) End of combat. (laughs) This is a totally different style of combat they, yeah, than they don't what know the samurai were used to. Yeah, they don't know how to defend against it. Well they don't they don't know how to do anything yeah. against it because 
they've never faced anything like it. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's completely different. Their their war tactics, all of it. Them burning villages and stuff like that. That was not something that the samurai did. Yeah. So they rush in down in the beach and then you start the tutorial. And I thought it was great. It was perfect. Yeah. And it doesn't just end on the beach. Because right. that's only one aspect of your tutorial. That's the, the aspect of this is your samurai self. Mm-hmm. This is the movement, camera controls, and sword fighting part. Yeah. And then you lose. <laughs> and you lose hardcore. Yeah, you do. Basically, you see that they have captured your uncle. And you are perceived to be dead. And I was like, dang, that was a short game. <laughs> <laughs> like... Man, open world my ass. (laughs) No, I knew it was going to go further than that, of course. It was kind of a, like, whoa, this is intense. And so from there, of course, you go to learn your stealth Mm -hmm. self. Yeah, and I love this character. I love the introduction of Yuna. She is a, a local thief, and she's the one who nurses you back to hell. And you have this great conversation where she's like, This is not your typical enemy. You need to fight outside your box. You have lived in this respecting, facing your enemy head on. These people, that's not going to work. They don't do that. Yeah, you need to do something different. Let me teach you how to be something a little more special. Yeah. Different. Different. Yeah. To a certain extent, I, I get what she's saying and everything. And there is a lot of not only inner monologue Mm -hmm. but even conversations with other characters about the differences and the code of honor and your ethics Ethics and morals morals and all that stuff and i loved it i really appreciated it because it really showed hey he's struggling he is in this internal war with himself about well save the people but try and stay honorable but i save the people (laughs) and it it just kind of tosses back and forth and I felt it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I loved Me too. that. Yeah. Right off the bat, I was like, oh, God, here's the love story aspect. These two people are going to fall in love and they're going to get together and it's going to affect the storyline. As the story continued, I was actually like, you know what? I want them to. <laughs> like, I really do. Like, the, 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 the way things are going and everything like that and how they are there for each other and the support system behind it. I wanted them to. I had the exact same thought. I thought, man, I really want these two to get together. I think it'd be a great yeah. combination. And then immediately after that went, but I really hope they don't do it. Like, I want them to, but I don't want them to do it. At the same time, right? Yeah. Because like, you don't want the cliche. Exactly. Yeah, you, it does, you want something a little There doesn't little need different. to be a love story, but the way that they interact, there's a great moment later in the game where they're waiting for something to happen and they're just sitting there getting drunk and laughing and talking about their childhood and they just it's such a beautiful moment between these two characters in a time of war during a time of war right that's like which is which is something that would actually happen though i feel like that's a legit thing for sure it's a total bright spot in this overwhelming dark period that's going on in their lives and yeah it just made me like oh god i just kiss her you fool but don't you dare kiss her you fool because i don't want a love story in my game but god i want you two to get together right no there's our internal conflict yeah and and i'm gonna talk about this a lot more throughout it but there is a lot of symbolism in this Mm -hmm. game i said it already once before the symbolism in this game is just incredible because of course throughout the main story basically after you go through those two tutorials 
you're like, well, I got to save my uncle. Mm -hmm. If he's still alive, I've got to save my uncle. And she's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) If you go storming up to that thing, they're going to slaughter you. Like, I'm telling you, you can't fight like this anymore. And he's like, nope, this is the way I was taught. And there are flashbacks, which I loved. There are flashbacks of his childhood and his uncle teaching him how to be a samurai, Mm -hmm. how to do certain things. And it does teach you a lot of their ethics and everything like that behind who they were as a warrior class. Yeah. And I loved it. So every time you went through one of these, he would always have this inner monologue of, oh my God, but I'm totally going to betray that. (laughs) And it's, it it was, it was awesome because you kind of got to feel through the character a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like normally I hate games that do that where, oh God, I'm going to do this flashback. Like, come on, man. I just want to play the game. But in this aspect, this is really cool. I love the flashback of them bear hunting. Mm -hmm. The bear is dead and they're like, wait a second somebody else killed this and then all of a sudden this assassin jumps out of the shadows Mm -hmm. at his uncle and they cut him down but he's still alive so they prop him up on his knees and Jin goes to attack him very angrily very brutally and his uncle stops him and goes no we do not let anger lead our blade Mm -hmm. and if you are going to kill somebody you are going to look them in the eye when you do so yeah and I was just like whoa <laughs> like that's and that's true that's truly what they believe mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that i read when i was a kid about how samurai were basically emotionless soldiers mm-hmm. and to a certain extent they were because they didn't let their emotions lead them yeah it didn't lead to good strategy no. right it didn't lead to good combat when you let emotions lead you you get sloppy, you get reckless, you, you know, leave openings and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Strategy goes out the window. Yeah, passion is leading you, not your your brain. Mm-hmm. Seeing that actually play out and that lesson being taught to a child was yeah. like, holy crap, sucker punch. You had to have done a lot of fucking research into this. Yeah. Which I loved. But yeah, you're going through minor flashbacks of this stuff and you storm up to the castle like an idiot And you're like, I demand to fight the leader. And he comes out with a goblet of wine again, right? I think he had a goblet of wine. I can't even remember. But he comes strolling out and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he has a goblet of wine, but I do remember him being like, really? This is the dumbest idea you could have. Well, and I have to say the villain. So for those of you who are a fan of the show Glee, you will recognize this villain. Because he plays the coach in Glee. And they did the CGI of his face and everything spot on perfect. (laughs) As soon as I saw him, I'm like, man, I know that dude from something. Uh, I have one one even better for you. What? So a later character, Sensei Ishigawa, who's a bowmaster, I saw him in the Birds of Prey movie. And just based looking at his face and hearing his voice, I went, that's the guy that they got to do this because the graphics are that good. Yeah. Without knowing who that guy was. I didn't even, I haven't seen the Birds of Prey movie. So yeah. The minute that guy is on camera, you will be able to recognize him. He looks just Just like like the character, except for there's a few modifications, obviously. But the voice is spot on. And like I said, the mocap is spot on. Yeah. It's It's incredible. And I'm not big on graphics. Well, the only problem that I had with the, the motion graphics and it was just one of those odd things that i see and of course in any art form Mm -hmm. it is the hardest thing to capture yeah and it's the hands Mm -hmm. there's this scene where he's holding a sword and the way his fingers are and the 
gripping and the movement of them. I'm like, that is just so awkward. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> because it looked inhuman. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, no. I totally no. missed that. I uh, never saw see, that. See, but those are things that I'm like, if you draw this beautiful painting and then you draw a pile of shit in the corner, <laughs> everybody focuses on the pile of shit, <laughs> not this beautiful painting. And that to me is what it is. Mm. It, it's like you have this beautiful, amazing game with this wonderful motion cap, but that one instant, this, and it wasn't just the one, any time where they focused heavily on the hands, yeah. you could see it more and that's where i'm just like mm. there's that scene where he's dropping the note mm -hmm. and you just see his like hand movement and i'm just no man <laughs> like no who moves their hand <laughs> like that that is so awkward i do believe that that is what game developers have said is that anything because you see it a lot anytime yeah. people transfer stuff it usually happens off camera because hands are and, difficult are difficult to do they so really are. i get it and but, i said that like yeah. they, they are yeah. but it's like one of those i get it i understand it but still <laughs> Still, man, it takes away from the experience. Absolutely, for me. yeah. But yeah, he comes out and he, you fight him, mm -hmm. and of course this is so. I got my ass whooped. Of course, it's like a, it's a supposed to lose fight. It, it is. It yeah. really is. I kind of wondered because he does have a health bar, mm -hmm. so I did honestly wonder, can you beat him? Yeah. And of course, I wasn't good with the mechanics and everything like that at that current point in the game. My dodge timing was off. And of course, I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty. So those windows are a lot smaller mm -hmm. and everything like that. And so after I beat the game, I went back. And you can't. You can completely deplete his health and keep fighting him. And I think I fought him for like an extra 45 minutes afterwards. And he will not go down. Yeah. That is a meant to lose fight. And I'm okay with those type of fights. I am. But if you're going to do that, why throw up a health bar? Well, don't show me a health bar. Well, and I'll even go one step further, but I don't like it. Just make it a cutscene. Why make it interactive? If I'm supposed to lose, just make it a cutscene. You could have done some pretty cool stuff in there and made yeah. it a quick two-minute cutscene. And... Yeah, and it would have been cool. I yeah. mean, it would have been fun to watch because, you know, now we're helpless. We know that that's not how it's going to end. But So why give me the hope that I need to get him even to halfway? That's it. Again... Look at the symbolism behind it. Mm -hmm. You're you're attacking this guy head on yep. in your traditional style. And no matter what you do, how you fight, because you only have your basic fighting abilities for yeah. your samurai mm -hmm. to break this up. Like you have your assassin abilities and you have your samurai abilities and you only have your base samurai abilities. It's futile. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not winning that way. So again, the symbolism behind it. And then look at the time that it's happening. You've got a dark sky. It's raining. There's no hope. And it really takes that away from you. So, yeah. like, to a certain extent, I understand having the fight. But at the same time, I'm with you. I'd have been okay with the cutscene. Yeah. I've... I totally would have been. And, I mean, when we're talking about the Because overall... it goes into a cutscene anyways. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, again, we're talking about these. this is small complaints in an otherwise very fun thing. I mean, yeah, like I said, yeah. they are small complaints, yeah. but they're not going to take away from the overall experience. No, no, because overall, once that happens, that's when the whole world opens mm -hmm. up to you. That's when you realize, hey, you have to go and collect these people. You have to try and get these things. The people of this island, their spirits are completely broken. They are led to believe that all of the samurai have been annihilated mm -hmm. and that there's no hope. These Mongols have just basically come in and they're going to kill and take control of everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of your first drill. Build up enough force so that you can then go back to this keep and try and free your uncle. Yeah. And I liked that. 
it, it opens up side missions and you have your three main missions, which is to go and meet th- these three main people, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the Bowmaster yep. that we've already talked about. Yep. You have the leader of the Ronin. Yep. Um, who was the third one? Masako. The lady who her... That's right. That's her right. whole story. They all have their own little stories. Yeah. And yeah, you recruit a couple other people. You recruit a blacksmith. Um, and then there's like a... But that's part... Again, that's part of Yuna's story. Yeah. Because the blacksmith is her brother. And then my... So. Yeah. And my favorite character, Kenji. Oh, the... <laughs> the merchant. The Saki guy. Yeah. Saki? Yeah. I like comedic characters in an otherwise straight world, or I love the straight guy in a completely comedy world. So there's this great scene the first time, and it's not really giving anything away, right? The first time you encounter Kenji, he's like, hey, you need to help me hide in the Saki barrel. And you're like, okay, fine, whatever. This is stupid. And then the second time you go to help him, he's like, hey, hide in this cart. Or no, it's the other way around. Yeah. He's like, hide, hide in, in the cart. cart. And then the and second then time, the he's like, barrel. hide in the Saki barrel. And you literally say to him, why do you keep trying to put me in stuff and he says because it works it's just such a fun moment yeah and i may be the only person on the planet who appreciates that sort of humor in this otherwise you know in straight, all honesty oh, like, God, it's so funny i remember catching it and i remember laughing but it wasn't something that i was like oh well, yeah. yeah no it was like a fleeting moment yeah thing. no for me that was one of the, every time i saw kenji after that i was like really? kenji <laughs> oh yeah he's my favorite but you're right. Yeah, you go and you you just you get a group of people together to go assault yeah. the castle so you can rescue your uncle. Yeah, and so through this the open world, let's talk about some of these other things. Yep. We already kind of briefly discussed it. You have birds; they lead you to shrines and a lot of points of interest. They yeah. also do the fox dens and the. Well, they don't lead you to the fox dens. They lead you to the tree. Do they? Yeah. Oh, they, they lead, do. Yeah, the gold finch. Yeah, it, the like, golden finch. It yeah. leads you to points of interest. Well, yeah, which. I felt was redundant. Exactly. And the reason being is because as you ran around, like you were talking about, you would uncover the map. You mm-hmm. would you would open up the fog of war. And even though you may not have directly seen it, mm-hmm. if you looked on your map later, it would have this little symbol for this point and you could then hit it and the wind would guide you to yeah. it. So why do I need a bird? Yeah. You know, for those who don't know what a fog of war is, on the map everything is covered by a fog. And when you travel through an area, you clear out some of the fog and you can get different attributes that remove more of that fog and you're right i didn't really need it because the game is designed to go and explore this beautiful world that was created I, you, i'm gonna find everything yeah. i want to be in this world i want to ride around on my horse or i guess like you i want to run around on foot okay <laughs> it, it, so there was a lot of things where you couldn't you couldn't be on your horse so we talked about standoffs yeah so a standoff is basically you would come to a group of enemies and you'd be like, hey, you with the face. You would walk up to one of the enemies and as with your sword still sheathed, mm-hmm. you would stand there and you would wait. And then once they started attacking, you would then hit a button real fast to unsheathe your sword and slice down that one enemy. And then as time progressed, you could do up to five with, with the armor. With the special armor. With the special armor. And they were one-hit kills. They were done after those really old-fashioned samurai, samurai movies. Yeah. Right. And I loved it. Um, I didn't do it, and a part of me kind of regrets it now. In the beginning of the game, you can select what visual style mm-hmm. you can see the game in. What was it? Kurosaka style? Kurosawa style? Something yes. Like that? And he is... That's the name of the director of a lot of these very big, old-timey samurai movies. Kurosawa. Sorry. Yeah. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. And it's all black and white. Mm-hmm. But it actually adds other things 
to it. I was watching a video on it. And I was mm. like, oh, man, I should have done this. Because it adds some of the music for oh, that. Oh, neat. And, yeah, and some of the other visual things that those old movies yeah. have. And I was like, oh, man, that's... Oh. Nonetheless, it was still really cool. Yeah. But you can't do those on a horse. You can approach them on your horse. And then, of course, your horse runs the fuck away. Yep. And... After that, I'd be like, oh, well, then I've got to collect all the gear, and it normally had some sort of special thing with them, like yeah. a box on the ground or, or a person to free yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah, or a cart to loot or, or something. Yeah. So then I would do all of that, and then I would look on my map to be like, okay, where am I going again? And then, of course, I would notice, well, hey, 10 meters this way, there's this secret thing. So then I would just run there, and then I would run to follow the fox, and then I'd be like, oh, well, now I'm only 20 meters away from the village that I need to go to, so then I would just run there, and I would completely forget until I'm like, I have to run all the way across this motherfucking map. Oh, wait, I have a horse. I have a horse. And then I would call the horse, Sorry. which through it, I would end up encountering bad guys. And it would just like, Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> And I was like, oh, damn. Once I finally acknowledged this is what I was doing, I was like, dude, I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'm so... You could fight on your horse, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't the greatest, I felt. Well, it wasn't, and yeah. they quickly dismounted you. Yeah. Because if they even hit your horse once, you flew off, mm -hmm. and now you're on the ground. So it was better to do the standoff than yeah. just kind of ride in and start slicing and dicing. Now, I don't know about on normal mode, because my guys, they, of course way harder mm -hmm. to beat i had to hit them a lot to defeat them so even on a horse it greatly reduced my damage it felt like so mm -hmm. i had to hit them even more as i rode by but i never got the opportunity i could maybe go through once or twice but always by that third time they hit my horse and i was tumbling i think it's in the second section of the island this is when you start getting the random patrols that are just mm -hmm. like one or two guys on horseback yeah those guys i would try to take on on my horse because yeah you could run by hit him once to knock him down go hit the other guy turn back around maybe hit the guy on the ground or you could jump off and do an attack while you're passing them yeah but yeah but like, you didn't get that ability until way later on either yeah that, that was that's something that's that the third unlocked. section it was fun but yeah it was never really worth it it was more of just a, oh this is more of an attack of opportunity it was never part of my strategy my, yeah. my strategy was never to go in on horseback it was just oh there's only two guys and they're both not facing at me this is a great free hit yeah. because i don't have to do the standoff and i'm not going to use an arrow on them but even then i could get off my horse and run up to them and coup de gram if they were on the ground if they're on the horse then yeah i actually used arrows a lot yeah because oh, oh, i yeah. was super lazy there were there were there were definitely certain times where i would kill four of the five guys and that fifth guy would be running away and i'd be like nope you're dead <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind you, mm -hmm. you had this open world and you uncovered all these things so you had bamboo stands which you had to do sword swings through which were button combinations yeah i actually enjoyed those so much fun yeah and through those you got more stamina basically uh, they called it Resolve. Resolve, Resolve was yeah. used for healing yourself and for special moves. And then you had the Fox Shrines. They opened up charm slots. And they buffed certain charms. Once you opened up once all you the got, slots. Yeah, there were a couple of charms that once man, you got them. there were 
So many. And duplicates. So many. Another one of my gripes. Why is it that I have three or four different of the same charm? Why can't I combine them? Why can't yeah. I sell them? Yeah. Why do I need four charms that each do the same minor. thing? Yeah. They're all losing. Minor healing yeah. charm. Like, I, well, I don't I don't need to carry them. Or Yeah, or it's like you can carry five extra arrows or yeah. something like that. I don't even yeah. remember what they were because I was like, this is They're not. Dumb. Yeah, this is Yeah, uh, there's no point. Now, I, I did like in the charm selection, you only have one slot for a major charm. Was two. it two? It was, was two. It two. I see. I, I was going <laughs> to... My gut said two, and I'm like, no, that seems like too many. But no, yeah, okay, it was, so it was two. It was two major. Three minor? Four minor? Four minor. Okay. I liked that, that mm-hmm. it limited. Because oh, yeah. if you did all major charms, which you got enough of to do, mm-hmm. you would become incredibly powerful. Absolutely. It was and a really smart design choice. It was. Yeah. Because I felt like it was really easy to power up in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do it super quick. Fox Shrines, you had the... Then you had the shrines. Those are the what gave you the charms. Yep. You had the pillars of power, power, which gave you cosmetic for your swords. And then there was just random things. So, like, there were spots where you would be led to find a Ronin hat. Yeah, and then there were pools that increased your health. Oh, that's it. That's it. Your sulfur pools yeah, or whatever. Yeah, your bath where you get to see the butt. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, I literally brought my girlfriend in and was like, look, 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 it's his butt. (laughs) (laughs) You're so weird, dude. Well, it's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is, because it's just, they're going to flash to him getting naked, and then all you see is his butt as he walks into the pool. And Why? Why didn't you just put him in the pool? Yeah, and you almost get crotch shot when he's getting out. Almost. Oh, my. (laughs) Almost. Oh, my. It's saucy. I don't know if you found him. This was the only thing where I found the Finches to be helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. There were random locations where there would be Just hats. hats. Yep. Yeah. I and they it. would lead you to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's that's helpful because those aren't marked on my map. Yeah. So, like... If you had the finches just lead me to that. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Because then I would have followed them a lot more. So I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of hats in the game that I haven't found yet. Yeah. I because think... I didn't follow the birds a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was only, by the time I finished, I think I was only missing like one or two you know, of I, the hats. I didn't even look, to yeah. be honest, because there is so much cosmetic wise mm. in that game that I, a part of me did really feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. by it not that it wasn't cool because it, you could definitely really customize your look yeah not only that so not only do you have different armor sets that grant you different buffs but you have different colors for each armor set you have yep. multiple colors for those you have colors for your swords yeah you have again different hats and masks at which um, some of them had the different colors as well mm-hmm. um yeah there was a lot to do you can even customize the saddle on your horse yep but you know one mechanic i didn't use a whole lot what the flute you can control the weather uh yeah well okay now speaking of the weather mm-hmm. as you go through you build more skills and everything like that and of course it does very much emphasize on the assassin side mm-hmm. of things did you notice the more you assassinated the more the rain came and did not notice that, no. Yeah, it, it's one of those mechanics. Yeah? So it's supposed to represent the darker side of this thing, that huh. he's giving himself more and more to the darker side. And I tested it. Yeah. So there was a lot where I ran around and I sword fought. And even when I would run into one of those like Mongol bases and stuff like that, I would do a standoff, kill as many as I could, and then fight the rest of them mm-hmm. and try and do it as honorably as I could. And I didn't get as many rainstorms. Hmm. 
And then once I started mainly assassinating, it was like I was constantly in a storm <laughs> because that was supposed to be the game mechanic. It's supposed to show the weather basically shows that inner struggle, which I was getting. Symbolism was just amazing <laughs> in this game. Yeah, I never noticed that. That's like, cool. Um, and it's a minor thing. These are minor things, right? Yeah. Like they don't affect the gameplay at all. They're just really cool. When you walk through the tall grass, mm-hmm. his one hand will actually play and weave through the grass as you walk. Yeah. Like, oh my, that's <laughs> something that is so human. It's just so instinctual. I know myself when I was a younger kid and I would go to Nebraska to see my family that lived there and everything and the hay fields, I would walk through them and I would do that. Yeah. I would just let it kind of run through my fingers because I don't know. It was <laughs> it, like it was instinctual. So to, to see that programmed into a game mm-hmm. i was like dude that's something that minor it was just amazing it's it a was great, just amazing a great attention to detail yeah speaking of which so i want to talk about this right? okay the deer oh okay so yes, the deer when you're loading in it flashes up with helpful hints and stuff and one of them i found very peculiar because it was the deer are sacred animals mm-hmm. and it's frowned upon to hurt them well mm-hmm. i'm like now well, i gotta test it right <laughs> Because there are two different kinds of animals that you can kill to get animal skins, which you use to level up your gear. Bears and boar. I have a really funny story about bears. I don't know if you had this graphical glitch, but we'll get there in a second. Okay. So I was like, what happens if you kill a deer? And I was surprised and very excited that you don't get anything from killing deer. Nope. Because you shouldn't be rewarded for killing a sacred animal. Correct. And I was like, that's a great attention to detail. Once again, it's just another level to it. So I don't know if you got it because I I did it more than once. Hmm. What? Kill deer. deer. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I only did I, it once. I wiped out herds. Oh, no. I only did it once because um, I felt bad. <laughs> he, he like, eventually said something about it. I can't remember exactly what, what? he says, but he, he says, like, you know, there's a difference between honor and dishonor or something along those lines. Oh, that's and so I was cool. like... Oh my god, that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting. So like again, just that little attention to detail. And I don't know exactly how many you have to kill or if it's a, even just a thing that if it's random. Maybe it's randomized, yeah. Yeah, but it, it was just one of those cool little things. And then the other thing that I liked was the legends. Mhm. So the legends got you certain things. You could learn certain sword techniques, you got certain armor sets, you got a bow. Right. And they're these Japanese legends. Mm-hmm. Like they and they went through that traditional art style. Oh, so beautiful. When they would tell you and I was like this is just so yeah. cool. I got giddy. Oh, yeah. Cuz they were so great oh, and yeah. Then, yeah, you would go through them and man, those fights at the end the duels i loved the duels i loved them too yeah but playing on the hard difficulty man i had to be perfect oh i bet yeah perfect every time there were times i died so many times the game finally came up and was like do you want to go to an easier (laughs) difficulty i was like no Uh, i will do that i've got this (laughs) and you will not open the jar for me right but they were fun oh yeah oh man i loved them they were fun yeah there was one that was a woman there was more Yeah, there was one that was a woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like this incorporating of everybody. You know, she's like the ghost of vengeance or something like that. Yeah, And sure enough, you meet her. Oh, God, they're just... Because they start off with this cool thing where, you know, you're just standing there and you're looking at each other and maybe the the person you're fighting pulls their sword or maybe not. But then, like, you just kind of slightly move your katana off to the side and you just go... And flick your thumb and the handle pops out. Uh, it gives me shivers just thinking about it. Like, just so Again, fun. It, it's those old-timey 
samurai mm-hmm. movies. It's it's just so cool. Like if above anything else, play the game because of how beautiful it is. Oh yeah, I but mean, the gameplay itself is pretty amazing as well. Yeah, anybody who's played any sort of melee fighter, it reminded me a little hybrid of Assassin's Creed and Dynasty Warriors. You know, I didn't. I don't think Dynasty Warriors well, because I mean, like, you don't fight mobs like that. But the sword play is big, extravagant moves. Later on, you get super big, extravagant power moves to jump around. You don't get anything like that in a, in the earlier Assassin's Creed. Origins and uh, Odyssey, maybe, yeah, but, yeah. you know. No, I no, mean, no, you're, you're right. And you're again, right as right, far as that goes. But and they're you, actual sword styles, though. And it, but yeah, like, but it, and if you screw up the standoff, now you're faced against five, six, seven, eight people. If you screw it up enough, it's you know, it's not the the, the scale, but again, yeah, not the hundreds. Yeah, of not wars. the hundreds. Don't get me wrong. I can see where you're coming from, though. But I just I just don't feel like the moves were that extravagant. Like um, I, I felt they were very fitting and and very conformed to the sword styles that were actually in play. Again, it's just one of those like it's it's a full moon rotation. Yeah, if you notice like the way that he moves his sword, mm-hmm. and his stance change and i i was like man that's that's really cool okay so did you ever come across two enemies trying to kill a bear yes multiple times did the bear ever kill one of the enemies yes the bear ever throw the enemy 60 feet in the air and across the land hell yeah (laughs) okay i want to make sure that wasn't just me no because the first time it happened i was like i'm sorry what because literally i've had it happen to me oh really so, like, you get down and you fight a bear. This is when I was like, nope, I'm sniping bears from this point on. Oh, yeah. Because you could one-shot bears with your bow if you shot them in the head, which oh, I was, yeah. like, totally unrealistic. It's one of the few things that is totally unrealistic. A bear's skull is so thick and so dense. A standard 9 millimeter pistol, the bullet bounces off of <laughs> So, you're telling me, though, with an ancient bow and arrow, I can do it? Yes, because I'm the stalwart hero of the land. <laughs> whatever (laughs) whatever yeah so i was like fighting it and he paws you and knocks you down and then he grabs you and hucks you across the map and i'm like what the hell (laughs) and like for me that was a finishing move if the bear did that to me i was dead yeah because uh, just that difficulty just that difference in power no the glitch that i came upon with that is the two men fighting the bear the bear would knock down one and halfway through the animation the other guy killed the bear so the bear would die and then all of a sudden you just see the animation of the other guy just fly <laughs> like there's that's no, a good one there's no bear throwing him but he's just still flying and i was like oh yeah that's that's a good one i i never i never had a bear kill me because i would either let the enemies kill the bear or if the bear got the other guys i would bow the bear yeah so i never had a new me but yeah i'm glad that it wasn't just me because don't get me wrong i like fun glitches i don't like game breaking glitches i'm looking at you assassin's creed unity screw you (laughs) so something like that yeah it takes me out of the game you know immersion like i am this guy yeah it takes me out for a second it takes me out long enough to get a good chuckle and then i can get right back into it it was fine there were some times where like my movements and their movements and and stuff like that it Mm. didn't match up perfectly and stuff and still those weren't big things that took me out of it because i was so into the action of the moment i didn't care it was like no i got i gotta fight i gotta survive i like i've got four guys around me Mm. and one hit from any of these guys and i'm I'm dead. Then I have to start this whole damn thing over again. (laughs) I didn't think it was too bad as far as some of the glitches go. I know I talked about the hands and we got the little minor thing with the bear and stuff like that. And again, all of those, they're just standard gameplay mechanics Mm. that, you know, I feel like are going to happen in any game. Really, it could. With this one, I talked about how this main story breaks up the island into three sections, Mm -hmm. right? And in the first section, it's a huge section of land. So you uncover a lot of goodies. The way you level up 
is by gaining basically experience to your legend. And you can level up a lot on that first section. That's where I was like, oh man, like yeah. I'm going to be so overpowered in this game. Because I felt like over half of my skill trees were already unlocked and I wasn't on even the second part. Mm -hmm. the, the You know, the second section of the island and i was like dang dude that was a lot for me so yeah towards the end it definitely became easier mm -hmm. and then you know you recruit the three people and you find out each one of them have their own little storylines which some are really sad mm -hmm. and some are like oh my god this is fucking insane yeah. and i loved that aspect because it humanized even your your companions yeah you know they weren't just like oh yeah we're gonna join you in battle and we'll just magically appear at this battle scene with you and you storm the castle right mm -hmm. and then in storming the castle you do actually free your uncle but you find out that kodakon which is the the main mongol that you know, is leading these bastards, has fled that and moved on to the next location, which happens to be your uncle's castle, yeah. basically. So you then have to build up some more. You meet the monk, a warrior monk, yeah. which I thought was super cool. He's kind of a badass. And you build up a, another army, and then at the same time, you're able to get a letter out to the mainland and get a letter back that basically says, yeah, we're sending some people to help you. We get it. You guys got to stop them there because if you don't stop them there... They're coming here next. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're on their way. And the whole time you see these cutscenes where he's trying to convince your uncle to surrender to him so that the, the people stop dying, they stop taking control, and instead it, he can just bring peace to the island. Mm -hmm. And like your uncle is very wise in the sense of, well, we already had peace. You brought war. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah, so you build that up, and then you attack. And this is where a lot of changes that happen in this period. Up to this point, you have been using those assassin abilities. Koda has been telling your uncle, hey, dude, your nephew, he's straying away from that samurai code of honor. And your uncle's like, no, he's not. <laughs> and when you meet your uncle, you tell him flat out, look, I had to do some shit that's not... <laughs> Not good. Yeah. Your uncle's like, whatever. We're not going to discuss yeah. it. We're going to stop it now. <laughs> you're, you're never going to do it again. We're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so when you attack, I loved this scene. I really did. I thought it was so great. <laughs> you get to this point in your uncle's keep where you have this set of doors in front of you. And your uncle says, hey, climb the wall over there and jump onto the other side and unlock this door for us. <laughs> And on the other side is this general mm -hmm. who's like yelling all these insults with his little army behind him. And then he turns to laugh with his army and you drop down behind him and just freaking behead him. <laughs> and you're like waving this thing like, ah, and the, the guys just flee. And yeah. of course, at that time, magically, <laughs> the doors open. And your uncle sees you like just waving this beheaded guy. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And he, he gets really mad. And again, I can understand. That wasn't their way at all. Yeah. And you see this struggle between them where his uncle is very much old-fashioned, old-school. Like, no, this is how we fight. There is no flexibility in it. Even if it means our death, right. this is how we fight. We are an honorable sort. Yeah. We will do this the right way. Until the we, very end. And if we lose, we, at least we lose honorably. Yeah. And to a certain degree, I could be like, okay, I can kind of see that. But you kept getting hit over yeah. and over and over and over again with this. But this isn't your normal enemy. You do this 
you're going to lose. All of your people are going to die. And of course, by this point in time, you have built up quite a bit of a legend, which is reflected in the actual storyline. They really do call you the ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. And you just become the ghost. I was so struggling with this because I was so torn. Like, I really felt like I was my character. I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. You know, I want to be honorable and everything. So there's this huge part where you're running across a bridge. And, of course, the Khan sends a carriage full of explosives mm. across the bridge and blows it up and kills a shit ton of people. And you just get so mad at your uncle because mm. you're like, I told you, he knows us. He knows exactly what we're going to do. We have to stop fighting like this. Mm -hmm. We have to change our tactics or we're going to die. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. <laughs> and your uncle's like, I don't care. This is how we fight. So you basically go, okay, well then fuck you. I'm going to have to do this myself. Yeah. Now I have to go poison the water well. Yeah. So you want to explain basically this whole little part of the story or? And yeah, at that point, you know that the tactics that your uncle's using are not going to work. So you defy his orders and you decide that you are going to sneak over there and you're going to poison them because you got this secret poison from your old nanny, basically. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what she was. <laughs> pretty much what she was, yeah. yeah. And so it's this really fun sequence where you travel under the bridge and you sneak into the camp and you're running along and you're staying hidden and you got to get to their places so you can put the poison in. And everybody starts coughing up blood and dying. And then your uncle shows up and that's it. Last straw. I liked it kind of showed the desperation of your uncle. He comes to you and he's like, look, you have to denounce this. I know she's been feeding you bad shit in your ear. Oh, and you yeah. really respect her because Yuna, she, she's the one who's basically like, no, you're doing the right thing. She's standing in support of you because she basically represents the voice of the people, of the common folk. And she's telling you, no, look, look at how many lives you have saved by doing this. So your uncle walks up and he's like, dude, just tell them she made you do oh, this. God, such a heartbreaking moment. Like, just fucking betray her because if you do then i can adopt you and you'll be my son which we didn't even really talk about so jin's parents his mother died when he was a young boy and then his father died from in an illness and then his father died in combat because jin was too scared to help him yeah that and, sequence was like heartbreaking yeah and so it's been a struggle for the character of i don't have parents but my uncle has raised me but he's still my uncle and then yeah they drop this whole bomb of i'm going to adopt you i'm going to make you my son and as father and son we will defeat the Which, mongols together it doesn't sound like that big of a deal but back then it it would literally make Jin a lord. Mm -hmm. And that was so big of a deal because the emperor himself had to approve it. Well, he was already a lord. They call him Lord Sakai, but I think it's because he's in a house that doesn't mean he, anything now. Yeah, they call him Lord Sakai because he is a samurai and all samurais were referred to as lord. But this actually gave him some status. Because once his uncle died, he would take over as leader of that island. Mm -hmm. And that was the big deal. Yeah. So right now, if his uncle were to die, they would basically just ship some other samurai royalty over to the island and they would take over leadership of the island. Right. This was huge. And I was just 
just like, oh my God, listen to the desperation in this voice of just, please, please, they've already witnessed you doing this. They're going to kill you because you've basically disobeyed everything. Well, yeah, that's another part of it is not only did he use dirty tactics, but he went against the wishes of the Lord of the Island showing the people you don't have to listen to the people in charge, which at the time was a huge no-no. Well, again, because if you think about it in any kind of country like that, the Lord and the soldiers are greatly outnumbered by the common citizens. So if the common citizens band together in revolt, guess who loses every time? Yeah. (laughs) History has shown us who loses every time. So that is a real fear. Mm -hmm. Like basically showing the people you don't need to rely on samurai. You don't need to listen to their leadership. You don't need to have these people control you was a huge no-no. But of course, Jin didn't look at it that way. He looked at it as, I'm saving their life. Like, Mm -hmm. you would have literally sent these people to their death. And he would have. As you're scaling, I don't know if you remember, when you go across, you look down at the gate, and it is just completely covered in fucking explosives. Oh, yeah. That was it. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah, he, he flat out says, in the very beginning of the game, I have shown your kind respect. I have learned your language. I have learned your tactics. I have studied your arts and your morals and your ethics. I have learned everything about you. So, of course, because of who he is and their kind of code of ethics and everything like that, yeah, he's going to use that against him. Yeah, he knew exactly what Shimura was basically stepping into, you know, and and how he was going to attack and the methods that he was going to use and basically how to counter that. And later on in the game, he flat out says, the only wild card in this is Jin because he no longer has a code. Yeah, he doesn't know how to defend against somebody who is striking from the shadows, using poison, using all of these tactics that was not the way for the people that he was invading. And yeah, yeah, he was like, I don't know what to do about this. Yeah. (laughs) Hey guys, just want to give you a heads up. From here on out, there's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. But of course, you do that. And we missed out on actually one of the key plot points. So we talked about how you have to recruit your people and we talk about the Ronin. So you go to recruit the Ronin on the first island and you find out that the leader of the Ronin was an old time friend of yours that you haven't talked with in quite a long time. And you discover basically the reason for that is they were holding this tournament yeah it will remind you a lot of medieval europe where squires would compete against each other for knighthood that's basically the same thing they were fighting together and whoever won became a samurai not that Jin necessarily wouldn't have become a samurai naturally anyways if given enough time but this just kind of was like yeah we're making the right decision but in doing so it basically made his friend who is not of that kind of status and class that Jin was in to not become a samurai Mm -hmm. but he still knew how to fight so he became a ronin and then of course with the mongol invasion the original leader died and he stepped up and his people were starving so he's doing whatever it takes to feed his people you feel the desperation behind it of we need food and you promise him that you're like oh when we free my uncle will make sure that your people get what they need so when you go and attack the first one after you've recruited everybody you're waiting and he never shows yeah And you're like, 
I'm fucking disappointed in him. What a dick. We're going to have a long talk about this afterwards. And when you invade that first keep, you actually come across him. And you find that he has sided with Kota Khan. And you fight him. And of course, you beat him up and he runs away like a pussy. You're just, what the fuck? You feel so betrayed by him. And so, of course, when you come across the second part, you end up having to fight him again. But this time, it's for all the money. Everything's on the line because he basically says, you have to kill me here or now or I'm going to do it to you. I love the writers and how they did the dialogue for this whole scene because Jin is just pleading, turn yourself in, face judgment. We don't have to do this. You can still live. We can make this work. And Rizu is the leader's name. He is just, no, that's not how it's going to work. We are going to have to fight. I mean... I've made my decisions. I have to like, yeah, no. Give credit to everybody involved in that because it is really, really emotional. I mean, I don't know about you. This is heavy. I was just screaming at my television. No, don't do it. No, not like this. Don't do it. No. Yeah. No, there was a couple of times where I was like that. Like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to fight you. (laughs) I don't want to fight you. Go away. Stop it. No, stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it just, it kicked you right in the nuts. Oh, God. Like right in the field. Mm -hmm. And it. It was amazing that way, though, because it wasn't even just that. There were times where I was like, man, this makes me feel so good. I'm so happy about this. Your victory and all this other stuff and everything like that. But of course, yeah, because you do that, your uncle sees you and begs and pleads with you and all this other stuff. And it's subtext, I guess I should say, because mm-hmm. he doesn't really say this. But this is the feeling that I got about it was you you sit here and you preach and you scream and you yell at me about honor and integrity. Yet you want me to betray this person who has stood by my side and helped me free our people. And what I got from it was how can you put your code, which is an ancient code that isn't working. How can you put that code above the people living here? You are willing to sacrifice everybody's life on this island just to hold to your ideals instead of doing what is provably working in saving everybody's life. You would rather die in your quote unquote honor than live doing whatever it takes and that is do the honorable thing and throw this thief under the bus to save yourself but no there is no honor in it. yeah there's no honor and she and i together have been saving the people but she's also the one who is rallying and inspiring the people and putting having the people put their faith in you and not the samurai and that's another huge issue that's being faced. And you, as your character, are basically like, I don't care because at least they are alive mm-hmm. to do it. And like, it's a, it's a huge conflict at this point. But you're like, no, I am the ghost. And you put down your sword and you get taken captive and your uncle burns your adoption paperwork. Ugh. Which is just devastating for him. And you're in prison. And like, I love this sequence because you see him go through days and like clothes changing and stuff like that. Mm. And playing the flute and all these things. Because just like you, yeah, I didn't use the flute at all. Uh, Yeah. I was like, this is so dumb. I don't care what the weather is. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I like it when it's raining. (laughs) Right? Dude, your armor. You're closed. It's raining. You do a dodge roll and you pop up and you covered are in mud. covered in mud. The attention to detail on that was but so cool. I like you can go a step further. If you are covered in mud and go dip in some water, when you come out, totally clean. Yeah, it washes It away. washes all up. You're yeah. still wet, but yeah. you're clean. I love that. That was so um, cool. So yeah. And then of course, your friends band together, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say, as far as storyline goes, this part really kind of confused me. 
because now getting into your companions, mm-hmm. you have your bowmaster who was an honorable samurai who quote unquote retired, but took on one last apprentice and that apprentice has now betrayed him and has joined the Mongol cause and is teaching the Mongols his archery style. So your quest has now become to kill her. You go through this thing where you keep hunting her and you keep fighting all these other archers and then you finally meet up with her, which I don't know about you. As soon as she hit the screen, I was like, (laughs) that's Kimiko. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, guys. You've been so much better about some of these cliche things. Yeah. But this, seriously? Yeah. Because she presents herself as a trapper, and she'll lead you to your master because he decides to take you on as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. She'll lead you to your master, but first you have to travel around with her and help her. Check like, her traps. Check her traps. Yeah. And then you go back to the hut with her, and she's trying to basically convince you, maybe this lady's not so bad. Maybe this person. <laughs> and you're like, you know what, Kimiko? <laughs> and you like straight up call her call out. Call her out. <laughs> and I like that she's even like, you can stay here. You can take shelter here. And you're just, no, I can't. Nope. <laughs> Well, I haven't stabbed you in the back yet. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you won't. (laughs) (laughs) And then you ultimately end up teaming up with her and your master to wipe out the last of the Mongol archers. Mm -hmm. And then she escapes and tries to resolve things and says, look, I know I made a mistake. You don't have to believe me, but I'm done. She breaks her mask, breaks her bow, leaves it there with the note. and Gets on a boat and and goes goes to the mainland. And you ask your master, are we going to go after her? And he's like, no, it's done. It's over. Great resolution to that story yeah and i it, thought that it, was good. it was amazing through it you find out a couple of things your master used to be a samurai but then ended up having to kill his old apprentice yeah. before kimiko like i'm noticing a pattern here <laughs> a little bit of a trend so he was basically given the option of execution or retirement yeah. and he chose retirement like a wise man i guess technically he no longer has the title of samurai it's a weird situation. I didn't quite fully understand it. They call him Sensei because he's a he's, he's teaching a now. Yeah. He's in archer garb. He's not in heavy yeah. samurai armor or anything like no, that. No, no. He basically makes the comment that he's no longer a samurai. Mm-hmm. But he still lives by that kind of code. And then you have... Lady Masako, who, in my opinion, this is probably the weakest of the companion stories. I like everything. Really? Up, I like everything up until the end. Like, I get oh. it. But uh, I'm just kind of like, man, whatever. So you come across her and her husband and three sons, if I remember correctly. Her entire family. Yeah. Well, like, so her husband and her sons were on the beach with you and they all died. But then you find out that bandits came and slaughtered her whole family, her daughters, her son's wives, her grandchildren, everybody, including her sister who was there with them. And you join her in trying to find out who sent these people to kill her whole family. And in part of doing that, you learn about her husband and her sons and you go back to the beach to try to bury them and stuff. It's real moving. Everything about it is great. The problem is that she's so hot tempered about it that every time you find somebody with a lead, she usually ends up killing them. (laughs) And sometimes before before you can get, get the, the lead. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was frustrating. Yeah. I, I will admit, that was frustrating. But to a sense, I feel like it was true to the character. She was so hellbent oh, on revenge. so like, distraught, yeah. She would not die. Nothing could stop her until she got her revenge. That's where I felt like that was actually kind of true to the character because here it is. And those leads that she got, she always believed that was the person. And then come to find out that that's not the person. And so now you're frustrated because a part of you is like, I finally found this fucker. And then, fuck, it's not him. No. <laughs> he just happened to play a hand in it. Well, right. he still played a hand. So we I f- get to take his head. We found the bandits. We found the person 
who hired the bandits. We found the person who told the person to hire the bandits. We found the person, you know, like, it's always one of those. It's it's one more person in that chain. Until you hit the end. And then at the end, you find out, and again, like, this is why I think it's kind of the weakest. You find out that it was her sister who didn't actually die. And she did it all because she was jealous Jealous. that Lady Masako married a samurai and Masako helped her sister marry a drunken idiot. An abusive husband. And an abusive husband. Yeah. You know, and so that made her want to kill her whole family. That, to me, a little weak sauce. I... But be, and but I think the reason is this, I think the right? build-up to it was better than... The end. The end. That's what I'm getting at. Because we're already talking about spoilers. Yeah. So you do have a duel with Lady Masako. And I was like, what are you doing? What oh my are... God. Yeah, that's and that was my mind. One of the moments I was screaming at the TV. So all of this emotional stuff is really going on. And then, yeah, you find out her sister hired somebody to hire somebody to hire bandits to kill Lady Masako's family because she was jealous of her. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's well, kind of not so a... There's a... She... Eh, her sister was being, like, groomed to marry that man. But the man then met Masako and... Who's a badass. Fell in love with her because she was even a badass in her youth. Mm-hmm. And fell in love with her for her personality, what she is, what she does, yeah. all of that. And because of that, instead of marrying her sister like was originally planned, he marries Masako. Mm-hmm. So she feels like she stole him from her. And Masako already feels bad about it. You get that explanation. She felt bad. So then she tried to find her sister a suitable husband. Now, at the time, she didn't know this man behind closed doors Mm -hmm. was as abusive and everything as he was. But, like, she she tried to do the best and, and still stand by her sister. But her sister was so filled with jealousy that, yeah, she basically took this opportunity of her husband and sons dying and basically nobody being there to protect the house to... To kill the rest of her family and basically make Masako suffer the same way way she she suffered. suffered. And it's very cliche. Again, it's just kind of one of those like where there are some moments where they totally step away from that cliche-ness. There are others where it's like, dude, did you read the cliche handbook? You were just leaning so heavily into it. But yeah, I, I feel I feel that the buildup was way better than the ending. Don't get me wrong, still emotional, but yeah. Yuna has a brother named Taka. He's a blacksmith. They have a really cool story. Yeah. Um, she's your favorite? God. I'll go, go through okay, this. God, okay. I, I think this has more to deal with, like even though it's a subplot, I feel like it has more to deal with the main story mm-hmm. than any of the other characters. Right, because this whole story has all about been survival. Survival mm-hmm. against the Khan and surviving against the Mongols. And so... Yuna and Taka, our brother and sister, their dad died or ran off. I don't remember what. Their mom became a drunk, so they ran away. And Yuna found this guy who was like, I'll give you everything. I'll give you guys the world. You'll have a safe home. You'll have food in your belly, shelter over your head. Everything will be fine. They come to find out that their mom was dead in the street after they had left. But there's this dark turn where the guy that they're with is just horrible and i mean like he's a sex slaver i was about to say like i don't even want to get into the details of it it is so uncomfortable and it it really was oh my god it was so hard it was so heartbreaking because you find this all out after you have gone on this journey with them and it explains so much yuna and taka's goal is to get off of tsushima island and get to the mainland and it's like start a new life basically start over all she wants for them is something better Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be a thief she doesn't want to have to do whatever it takes to survive 
life. She wants to start fresh. Yeah, she doesn't even really want to fight against the con. She, nope. She just wants to go. She wants to leave. You know, and she's like, I need a boat. You know, and you're like, well, if you help me, I can make sure you get a boat. Okay, fine. I'll reluctantly help you. Yeah, she even stuff. makes the comment of, we'll see, because samurai are good at making false promises. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. And so there's a lot of great stuff. And I even love after the whole end of the game and everything, she's even like, I, there's some stuff we need to clean up around here. I'll see you around. And I was like, oh, God, I hope I can run into her again and yeah. do some fun stuff with her. Wink, wink, no, it's not. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like I said, I mean, we already were kind of talking about Kenji. And he's kind of a bumbling buffoon who yeah. has a heart of gold. And he doesn't have a lot of side missions. He's, he's trying. So you initially help him out and you basically tell him, hey, look, you're good at what you do. Why don't you take your efforts and then instead of conning people, yeah. <laughs> try to help the people. And so like the first couple of missions, he's still conning people. Yeah. <laughs> I love like you fucking idiot. I love the one where he's found this abandoned camp full of supplies. We can get it. You get there. One of his buddies is locked up and he's like, the Mongols are going to be right back. We may want to get out of here. And you're like, Kenji. I thought this was abandoned. <laughs> yeah. Like, like all that's missing is a laugh track. <laughs> yeah, really. It, it's really just kind of one of those. God, like, it's so it's, fun. You get introduced to him through Yuna and mm -hmm. her brother because you use him to help free her brother. Yeah. Because you need her brother to design a grappling hook, which I would have to say is probably the worst mechanic in the game. I am also disappointed in it. Yeah. I was, like, I don't think it was done very well. There were a lot of times where it's I would very clunky. try to transfer to from one point to another and I would fall down a cliff. There was one time I was following a fox along a cliffside and I died probably, no joke, seven, maybe eight times. Because of the grappling because hook? Because of the grappling yeah. hook. I would try to grapple onto something and I would swing throw the grappling hook out and I, the second I touched the wall the grappling hook would disappear and I would fall to my death well and that's it or I had this one where I would throw the grappling hook and as soon as it hooked and I was swinging it's like it hit the extent of the grappling hook I just fell straight oh, down wow. and that, I'm like that sucks what the hell yeah. and it, like I was doing it as quickly as I could because I was thinking maybe it's just like I'm hitting the max length of the grappling hook and mm -hmm. it's not the game's not liking it I had such a hard time and it was while I was trying to get to one of the shrines yeah and I just, I did not like the grappling hook. No, and I was... At all. And we even had a conversation prior to really getting it, I think, where I was like, oh, I want to go get the grappling hook. I'm, I'm yeah. going to use it in the open world, and I'm really excited to incorporate it. And I got it. It was like, wow, this is so cool. You can use it to climb up the side of some buildings. Um, you use it for exploration, trying to find some of those hidden stuff. There's tons of that's, that's... headbands littered around that you oh, needed God. to get to. So, but yeah, it just, so... and and it was one of the disappointing aspects. Well, it really was. Yeah. I think it to me it was the most yeah. because it just it was so clunky. Yeah. It didn't feel fluid. It kind of felt like an afterthought of like, hey, how can we make this one more step challenging? Well, mm -hmm. let's let's take this branch and we'll move it up here. And in order to get across this, you have to get the grappling hook. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> and they just like threw it in at the end, which yeah. I know is not because it's a major part of the main story. But that's just kind of how it yeah you know and i think really what the problem was was that everything else was so tight so responsive and so well done that this just even, that small thing yeah, made it just terrible. even being like 70 percent of what it mm -hmm. could have been made it feel like it was only 10 percent mm -hmm. useful you know what yeah. i mean i barely used it yeah i, 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 I used really it when i had used to. it as minimal as possible i barely used it to climb up buildings yeah. when i was doing stuff yeah it was not but uh fun. 
and you need the grappling hook to be able to scale the outside of the first keep mm-hmm. to try and get to your uncle. So you use it, you free your uncle, you tell your uncle like, hey, look, these two people helped me. They need a boat. And he goes, okay, I'll give them a boat, but they have to help me take out this keep. First. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, and uh, she, of course. she makes the comment of, yep, of course, that's exactly like a samurai. I was kind of like, are you kidding me (laughs) all right let's let's do this again of course she helps you she defeats it and then it's like well help me a little bit more yeah well help me a little bit more more. and she keeps telling you like no no i want to leave but then there's a part of her that's like but we got to save these people like it got really confusing for me with her because it it was i felt this conflict of well no give me the fucking boat so me and my brother can leave but hold on a second let's do these things for the people Mm -hmm. let's do this for the people and ultimately her brother ends up creating the ghost armor that gave you a lot of perks to your ghost skills um decreased time of detection so like it took your enemies longer to detect you when you were out of like the tall grass or whatever and stuff like that which i loved running around in it but that was about it I don't think I ever put it on. Oh, really? Except for when I upgraded it, because when you upgrade it, it automatically equips it to you. Yeah. I immediately switched. No, I was either running around in the Explorer armor. Sometimes I would switch to the Sakai armor because of the standoff. Standoff. Otherwise, I was using the Adachi armor. So I I have... No, not... uh, Yeah, the Adachi armor. That was the the one I used the most. Yeah. And and just real quick talking about the armor, right? I loved the fact that when you upgraded it, it did change the look. Mm -hmm. The bad part is I hated most of the looks. (laughs) (laughs) I do like, though, that you can actually scale that. You can set it back to what level one you can upgrade it to level three but make it look like it's level one i thought that was a really cool way of doing things are you kidding me no you didn't notice that no i didn't notice that (laughs) (laughs) i'm so mad right now because there were so many of them where i was like I like the level one look. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm kind of a minimalist mm-hmm. as far as looks go, and I felt like it was more fitting to what was going on than these really extravagant ones like and granted the samurai armor they were great with this is how it looks it's like the, to look, yeah. the stage one armor was basically like your low level peasant and mm. then you had your foot soldier and then you had your full blown samurai yeah i mean like shit with horns on the helmets yeah, and stuff yeah. like that crazy cool looking stuff it was and it gave you an individual helmet or hat for each one mm. of the steps so you could wear even though you were level three you could wear one of the lower steps there and i liked all of that but like some of those level three armors Mm -hmm. i was just like it was too much like even the traveler armor like you have this long flowing cape and i'm like i Oh, see, I loved that. No, I'm not a superhero. I loved how it, I I like how it reacted with the wind. If the wind was was blowing into you, it's floating behind you. But if you were standing with the wind, it was blowing against you, right? And it would, it would mold around your legs. Yeah, it was really cool. No, it was really cool, but I'm not a fucking superhero. Fair enough. No capes. (laughs) No capes. So like, just to me, it just, Mm. and some of them looked awkward because they became so bulky. Oh yeah. Now I will, I will admit there's a part in the game where you you're naked you're just in your little (laughs) underwear and you get it as an outfit right i love it one of the things that you can unlock is a mask that makes you a monkey that is a monkey mask okay so i put on the monkey mask (laughs) i was naked and then for the sword styles you know those ones that had like the fur and kind of got a little bit wider at the end Mm -hmm. i put one of those on so it legit looked like i had a tail that's funny and i ran around as a monkey and my wife was just like you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, look, hon, I'm a monkey. And I'm like jumping from roof to roof, all nimbly bimbly. And she's just like, you are such a dork. Oh, that's funny. No, but, I, I always used the patchwork straw hat. 
because okay. I just loved the look of that look, hat. Yeah. yeah. And then once I got the thief mask, because it's just this black cloth you put over your face. Yeah. That I was like, that's perfect. So if you got the collector's edition of it, you get the Sakai mask, mm-hmm. the level three Sakai mask, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as soon as I unlocked that, that was on my face permanently. <laughs> Because it is, I think it's so cool. And it is very much the traditional samurai mm. mask. Because, you know, they, the the whole intent behind it was to basically make them look like demons. Oh, yeah. It's intimidation factor. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. Mm. But, yeah. So, like, back to the main story, right? That He gives you that armor mm. so that you can truly become the ghost. And then you go through a couple more steps. I cried a little bit. Because when you're escaping from the end of the second one to go into the third chapter, you're riding your horse. And as you're fleeing, you're being attacked mm-hmm. by your fellow samurai. And they fuck up your horse. And as so you're riding mad. along, he dies. so mad. So mad. And I'm just like, oh, God, my heart broke a little bit. <laughs> like, I didn't ride this fucker a whole lot, but it was mine. <laughs> it was my horse. How dare you? No, because there's the thing. Not only can you choose what color horse you want, you also choose its name. Yep. And, and he I mean, calls it by And it. you call it by the name when you're riding around. You'll whistle to it. You'll be like, you know, come well, on, Sora. Let's go. Sora, you're a good boy. Yeah. Oh, so well, heartbreaking. And, so, like, and there's other things that build it. So, like, you would go and take over a bait. Oh, I love and then, these. And then, like, you would have this little cut scene where you were lying on the ground and you're leaning against your horse. And you're both asleep. And you're both asleep. And then you would wake up and elbow your horse and you would both stand up or you're feeding him like an apple or something but i think because i think my favorite one is the one where you're laying down but i think my second favorite one is the one where you're standing there and your horse just keeps nudging you like bumping into you and you're like okay fine i'll pet you and now i'm gonna push you oh my god yeah like so great you had these little interactions with him so i was just kind of like even though it's an animal companion, I felt a little bit more connected to him just because of those cuts. Absolutely. And you know what? The fuckers put his grave as a marker on your map. Yep. And I'm like, that is rubbing salt in the wound. Yep. Now, every time I see it, I know that that's where my stupid horse is. Yep. And it was and just you like, bastards killed him. I know. Screw I was you. like, fucking A. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> but the thing that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. About the horse, because later on, towards the end of the game, right, you get to choose another horse. Yeah. You can choose the exact same one. I know. It looks the exact looks same looks the exact same. But different names. Yeah. You get different names set up to name him, but he's it's the exact same fucking horse. And I was like, no, I wish you would have taken that one oh. out of the rotation, you know? That would have been cool, because I did choose a different color-looking horse. Because originally I had gone with the Super Collector one. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like a brown horse. Yeah, gold um, brown. And then at the end, because at the, at the end of the game, you are the ghost of Tsushima. You went with the black one? I went with the black one, and I called him Shadow. <laughs> Of course. Of course. Because I am an RPG diehard. Yeah. (laughs) I am my character. But yeah, it would have been cool if they had taken out the one that you had, that one that had died. Yeah. And I get like, you could probably say Or even just give you a couple of different selections because Mm -hmm. of course, by this point in the game, weeks at least have passed. Yeah. You know? And so like- You grow stubble. Yeah. A lot of time has passed. Mm -hmm. So like, you wouldn't necessarily have the same four horses from that very first village that you were in when you got rescued from the beach. It's... But I remember at the the end of the day, video game has to video game. I don't care. Giving you the option to get that horse back. I don't care. 
<laughs> but I, you make a valid point, right? It would have meant more if that selection had been gone, right? You know, because you, now I've I've replaced him. Yeah, and, and now you have to choose a different horse. You cannot get the same one. Yeah, and they kind of do it with the names. And granted, you could say how many black horses could there be on this island? There's more than two. Sure, I, I get it, but but, but I, I, again, I see it both sides because I, I was bad. And I went, no, I loved my old horse, so I chose the exact same one. Oh, yep. I don't care. I don't care. Boo. I knew you were going to do it. Whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, as I was riding around, I didn't feel that difference. That memory didn't hit me. Mm-hmm. It would only hit me when I would look on my map yes. and see the grave, and I'd be like, oh, grave. God. What is it? Grave of the Loyal Friend or something like yeah. that? God, they even named and it something depressing. I know. And it's like, <laughs> dude right in the feels well and they're good at that they are good at kicking you right in the feels well i was just about to say right we've been talking a lot about the quote-unquote major side characters and side missions for them but even just some of the normal side missions have really emotional keys to them oh yeah the one that sticks the most out to me and granted it's probably maybe because it comes later in the game you're hunting someone and you come across this village and these people are like oh yeah well this guy right here he works for the mongols and you're like, yeah. well, how do you know? And they say, well, because he runs off into the forest at night by himself. And you go, okay, cool. The guy comes up and is like, I will tell you everything you want to know, but it can't be here. So I'm intrigued. I'm okay. Yeah. What's going on? Or you can decide to kill him right there. I believe. I don't know. I don't. I am not I fully remember. sure, but like you could just basically be like, yeah, dude, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> and you follow him to the forest, and he takes you to this grave, and he's like, this is my friend. He and I were very close. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And his wife and kids are still in the village, so I can't tell them that I come here to visit his grave. I literally paused the game and went out and, like, had to hug my girlfriend. Because I was like, this is so depressing that this guy loved this other man and he can't be honest about it. And by hiding it... Look at the time period. Well, yeah. And by hiding it, he's making himself look like a traitor. Fully willing to deal with the Yeah. And it was just a silly side quest, right? I mean, like, they even... Just a random pickup. They even... Like, there's just, again, it goes back to that attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job, I think, with all of that. Yeah, mind blown as for so many things about this, mm-hmm. right? But back to, you know, I know we keep diverting, right? But back to the main story, you finally end up cornering the Khan in mm. this last major village in which he's gathering his entire fleet to basically bail on this island. Yeah, and push for the mainland. Push for the mainland. And you're like, this is our last stand. This is where we have to end this. And in the preparation for that, you end up going on a mission with the blacksmith. You tell him no. You guys are getting ready to leave. Yuna's going with you, all this stuff. And he shows up. And he's like, I'm going to help you. Either I'm going to do it with you or I'm going to do it without you knowing, but still with you. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, fuck. All right. You can follow. And you get caught by the con. And he beheads him. And like, again... It's such a devastating moment where you're just like, oh my God. Because the con tries to do the same thing with you. Like, hey, join me. This can all end right here. You join me. Then we convince your uncle. Then we'll be good. And together we'll all ban up and we'll take over the mainland. And I will make you the happiest man on earth. Mm -hmm. Like, I will give you whatever you want. But you got to do this. And Jin's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And because he's like that, he's like, all right, well, you know, your uncle was stubborn too. So, you know, now I've got a little bit more leverage. Either join me or I kill this dude. Doesn't... Like, he beheads him or some shit. Well, I was going to say, no, because doesn't he get free? Doesn't Taka get free? Yeah. And he's like, kill the ghost and you can go free. Yeah. And Taka's like, no, I'm not going to do it. 
And no, I, no. He, he instead of. Or no, that's right. He attacks the con. He attacks that's right. The con. Oh yeah, and and the con just yeah, easily he, overpowers yeah, him. Easily overpowers easily. him, not because Taka's thing is that he's he's been a coward pretty much this whole time, and he doesn't yeah. want to be. Nope. Like that's the beautiful thing about his character arc yeah. is that he wants to be brave, and even in the face of knowing that he's going to die, he's still going to be like, "No, I'm not going to kill this person who's trying to free us, yeah. even if it costs me my life." And it does, and it's a great. I mean, I say great, but it's an emotional moment. It, it really is, and then it's backed even more by the fact of like you're stuck there because mm-hmm. Khan doesn't do anything bodies lying there heads yep. lying there and you're stuck there just staring at it and you just you break your character breaks down and weeps and then all of a sudden Yuna shows up yeah I was gonna say and like you end up getting out and you like you go on a fucking rampage oh yeah you slaughter everybody in that yeah. camp with Yuna's help well with a, even before Yuna well, yeah, gets you, there, yeah, you, you start you start killing everybody, yeah. fucking everybody, and then Yuna shows up, and you just wipe out the rest of them. Yeah, so much. And fun. then she's like, "Where's Taka?" Yeah, and you're like, "Um, mm, we gotta yeah, go. About that time to go." <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Where is he?" And he's like, "He's he's dead." And she's like, "Show me." And he's like, "No, you, mm, no, you don't yeah. want to see this." And she runs and just falls over her brother's like decapitated body, mm. and I'm just like, heart broken yeah <laughs> like full-fledged because that's when yuna then becomes like i'm not leaving now it's right she's like there's no point now n- n- he, and... he was he was the only reason why i wanted to leave because mm-hmm. i wanted to give him a better life yeah and now that he's gone what the fuck's the point instead i'm gonna help you get my revenge <laughs> and so like then you know you of course go after the con you plan it under this big again symbolism there's this huge storm Mm -hmm. rolling in and you know that's the perfect time to do it because as soon as that storm passes they're gone yeah so this is your last chance you decide that you are going to write your uncle apologizing to him but pleading for him to show up to help you and that you'll take whatever consequences come afterwards but you have to stop him now you end up going that day and your uncle doesn't show and you're like well it doesn't matter like we we have to do it now. Mm. So this this personal army that you've kind of built up attacks the Khan's fortress. And you make your way through and you get to the Khan. And that's when that epic, like, epic battle happened. The first part, it starts off with a duel. But once I realized, like, oh my god, he's, he's not using a sword. Let me switch to my spear stance. Which mm. by this point, mind you, I had maxed out everything. Oh, yeah. I had everything plus one point. Because again, with the deluxe edition, you got one point right off the bat. Yeah. So, at the, like, they literally give you enough to max out everything. And yeah, there is enough stuff to do in this game to fully max out your character. And even then some. Because, yeah, yeah you keep playing and you keep earning experience and nothing happens. I kind of wish they had taken it out. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, and it, it, it's weird like that, but yeah. So, I like, in the maxed out spear, you had the auto dodge if you were attacking. So, fighting a guy, and they considered him to have a spear, even though he had a spear halberd. Yeah, he's got a really... hybrid yeah, type deal. he's got a really cool sort of weapon. Yeah, talking about Dynasty Warriors, he's got that one dude's fucking weapon from yeah. Dynasty Warriors. Like, the, the main badass in Dynasty Warriors. I can't remember his name, but he was, like, the guy that was always the toughest yeah, to beat. Yeah, it's basi- basically a blade the size of your thigh at the end of a really long metal stick. <laughs> With a spear on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. And he's wielding this thing around like crazy, but once I did that and I could auto-dodge, mm. it made it 
it a lot easier. Oh, I bet, yeah. In that battle, even in the cutscene afterwards, he kind of kicks your ass. Well, yeah. It's supposed to represent that even though you're fighting him in the old style, he will win if you continue doing that. Mm -hmm. So in the next part, phase two of the battle, you're no longer dueling. It's open-ended. It's way open. He's sending other guys at you, and you can use all of your assassin equipment and stuff like that. And if you try to fight that battle, at least on my difficulty, if you try to fight that battle as an honorable samurai, (laughs) you will die every single time. There, Like, I could not find a way in which I could do that battle without using any of my assassin Mm -hmm. gear or you know bombs or anything like that or methods i couldn't i I couldn't find a way because he keeps respawning soldiers you have archers up above you who are shoot raining arrows down on you like and i'm telling you one two hits for me and it was it was done so Mm -hmm. i was like constantly like parrying and dodging and then like i would whip out my bow and do a couple of shots and then like parry and dodge and then kill one of the brutes and then you know and by the time i got to a point where i had enough clearance to try and actually fight him more guys would show oh man so like once i switched to the assassination started using that stuff i whooped his ass so yeah and I, i think it's really a perfect kind of ending because to me it's like it ended the way it began in a fire. Like he he he's dead, but yeah. he's burning on that fucking boat. And like then your uncle shows up. Well, I had so my experience with yeah. it, right? I was I mean, like I said, I was playing on normal, but I was just solely focused on him. I was like, I bet if I kill him, everything else goes away. So I was using Ding. my I was <laughs> using my knives and I was using my bombs on all the ads yeah. that were spawning in, but I was not using any of my resolve. And I was just like throw throw a bomb at one guy, throw a bomb at another guy, then run around, get up to him and then just use those special resolve attacks. Yeah. Just to hammer him down and just rinse and repeat until I got to him. And yeah, I mean even on normal, it was really tough. It really requires I mean I think I had half a resolve left because I think one of my charms was I get like 30 resolve back on like a on a parry or a dodge or something yeah. like that so yeah so I mean I even on normal it requires like it required me at least some some good resolve yeah and all of my all of my other little no stuff. luckily because yeah. <laughs> one of my charms I gained resolve very quickly especially with parries and everything and because I was playing it on such a big difficulty parries encounters oh, I, yeah were such a huge part of my combat. If I didn't master those, I would have had to drop the difficulty. Mm. Which I hate doing. I absolutely hate doing that. But there are some games in which I just I as Sometimes much you have as to. I love to like I'm I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. If I spend three days and countless hours on the same boss, mm. it's time for me to knock it down a yeah. peg. And normally I'll just knock it down to the next level and I'm good because I played so much of the game on that super difficult level that my reaction times and everything are still better than that level down, mm. you know? But yeah, so it But like you were saying it yeah. took a lot to um to kill to him. Get him, yeah. Because even with my resolve, like I wasn't doing the amount of damage mm. that I think you would have on normal. So like I I think that was about a 30 minute battle. I just kept doing like, that, that three hit combo. Yeah. I just kept doing it all on him. Just hit, hit him three times. Just take a step back, do it again. Hit well, him three times, take a step back. So I would do the flash forward mm-hmm. where you quick. Then I would do the three because I didn't want, which I had had some of the first go arounds. I would try to do the three 
and another enemy would oh, step up. Bummer. And I would I would hit that enemy. And if it was a brute, I had to use two of my three attacks mm-hmm. to kill the brute. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> So you defeat him and you're mm-hmm. like thinking, okay, like it's gonna go into this long cut scene to wrap up all of the shit. I didn't think that, did I? You didn't? Remember what oh, I said to you? No, you didn't because you're an asshole. <laughs> um it doesn't necessarily mean that it couldn't have happened in a cutscene. That's true. But it didn't. That's I felt like it was going to wrap up everything in, in a cutscene just to tie up the game because you beat the final yeah, boss. Totally right? understandable. You beat the final boss. But it didn't. Yeah. You, you go back to your house, which at this point, like, if you've completed all of the side quests, your nanny type character mm. has passed away. Your house is completely empty. And in your note, you you told your uncle to meet you at this certain spot, right? And it is a significant spot for both of you. It's under this cherry blossom tree. He sends you that note. You send him the note saying, come and help. He comes and helps in that battle. And then you get a note from him saying, oh, meet me at the yeah. door. Meet me where we used to have our sparring ring. Yep. By the lake. And I forgot. He sends you the note. Correct. That's okay. And so you go and meet him. Well, you go there and he's not there. So you're like, well, I'll wait. And he shows up. And you guys have this really meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. And he basically tells you, like, you're no longer samurai. Because you make a comment about how, like, I, you know, I'll help clean up. We gotta, we, we've gotta kill off mm-hmm. the rest of them. And he goes, it's no longer your responsibility. You are no longer samurai. You have been basically thrown out of the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of go, I understand that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Let's let's go pay respects to your father. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're you're walking up and. There's a part where I was kind of like, oh, my God, he like he truly forgives him because you come across this cart that's Mm -hmm. stuck in the mud and you help out the guy. Right. You help push the cart out. And while you're doing so, you're asking him, like, where are you going? He's like, oh, the ghost is building an army up north to, you know, finish wiping out the rest of the Mongols. And your uncle's like, oh, is he? That's interesting. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's he's really he's really saved us and we're really glad to have him and everything like that. It's good to know that in dark times he'll be there to protect us. And your uncle's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, I am Lord of this land. (laughs) You're a dick. (laughs) And but he he just like, okay, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and you help him push him out. And then as you're walking away, you're kind of like, I, I know nothing about that. I'm not. I'm not. I, not me. Oh, yeah, I love that. You're just like, I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm not making an army. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, you are very adamant about, like, I am not causing an uprising. Yeah. Like, this is, and your uncle's like, I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that right now. And you finish this conversation about one of your memories as you get to your father's grave and you meditate there. And when you stop, you basically say, so you're going to kill me now. Like, you've been ordered to kill me, haven't you? And he goes, yes. And, like, it was a conflicting part for me because it is that climax of them ultimately finally saying to each other what they've been saying in subtext the entire time Mm. throughout this game. So great. You have been stuck to your 
old-fashioned traditions so hard, it would have cost the lives of everyone on this island. Mm -hmm. And his, uh, you have broken those so far that you have caused a riot amongst the people of this island to where they no longer trust us. Yeah. And you write your death poem, your little Mm -hmm. haiku death poem, which I'm like, fucking A. Another haiku. Another haiku. And then you face each other, Mm -hmm. right? Which, this is what he predicted, (laughs) guys. Like, I... We had this conversation. And I was like, no, I think that he's going to forgive him or he's going to completely disown him. But there will not be a conflict between them. Right. And didn't I didn't I pay you 100 bucks with uh, my money? <laughs> no, I, I, what? I don't I don't think there was a monetary value involved in this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I said I was like, I'm willing to bet your uncle is the final guy you fight because you're too far gone and no i mean i'm not i would have totally graciously accepted it if i had been wrong but he was right i was playing this game and it was for he such was a somber sure. moment i had such a grin on my face because i was like i knew it <laughs> he i literally sent him a text of you fucking suck <laughs> um because i was just like damn it because it, it was like you have this really beautiful moment oh, with so your gorgeous. uncle yeah. to try and like so sweet it, it kind of wraps up your entire um connection with him and and like your whole past and everything and he basically tells you like I have no choice Mm -hmm. if I don't do this then this is what's going to happen and you're like well I can't stop because I will always protect these people Mm -hmm. and so you duel and of course you win and then you're given this choice yeah and like it is to either kill him or let him live and of course if you go by samurai code which like, this is where I was at. Right? I was going to say, yeah, we actually both had the same logical response to this moment. Yeah. And we picked the same thing. His uncle is a samurai. And they literally just stated that he will live and die by this code, right? Mm-hmm. So he has lost an honorable battle face to face. And he requests an honorable death. So to me... If you let him live, you'd basically be like, fuck you, old man. Yeah, you're dishonored forever. Yeah, spitting on his grave and basically dishonoring him forever. Mm -hmm. Or you could show the last sign of, even though we differ in our ways, I still respect you as a warrior. I respect your opinion and your beliefs, even though I don't agree with them. And kill him. And so that's what I chose. Yeah, same here. Like It It made the most sense. And then I weeped. Yeah. (laughs) Because you kill him. And your character just screams and cries. And I'm just like, oh my God, I, how, what, uh, oh. And this, this, and this. Feels. Yeah. (laughs) And this brings me to my final gripe of the game Mm -hmm. is, you know, I went and then looked up on YouTube. What is the, like, what happens if you let him live? Mm -hmm. And I was so angry because. Why? What happens? All that. So your, your uncle's kneeling there. And you're standing there and he's like, honor me with a death. And you put on the ghost mask and you say, but I have no honor. And then you just like walk away. Your uncle isn't like, I'm dishonored forever. Like he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he lost the duel. He Like, I guess his, him not like, he's not freaking out because if you didn't have honor, it wasn't an honorable duel. But I just was like, this should have been way more 
Like, there should have been more power and more tension behind letting him live. Yeah. It was just like, okay, whatever, I'm going to fade off into the it was thing. Defi- that sounds like it was definitely more of a dramatic moment to kill him oh. than it was to let yeah. him live. Yeah. And I feel either... I, I'm with you. I feel yeah. either way, it should have had the power a behind huge, it. Yeah. And I just didn't... I just didn't feel... Like, he... Like, your uncle doesn't react that to be letting... Like, and that was my big thing. It's just you putting on the mask and walking away. Like, I, your uncle doesn't freak out. And if he had freaked out, it would have been justified. Screamed something. Or, yeah. Or, like, yeah. you bring dishonor on our whole family. You know, I, I curse you. How could you leave me like this? Or, S- something. something. But yeah. nothing. Nothing. So. Well, and, like, historically, there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Like, realistically, he should kill himself. Like, and, even if he did that, it would have been better. Yeah. and And that's, like... I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does bug me a little bit. I, in hindsight, um, I'm glad I chose to kill him. Cause I yeah. feel like if I had let him live, even thinking somehow logically that made more sense than killing him, I probably would have been disappointed because what my logical thought conclusion was, yeah. wasn't what happened. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I really do. But then of course, just like every open world game like this, that's the end of the game. That, yeah. that really is. Credits, Credits roll. roll. <laughs> but then you, once all those roll, you go back in and you basically find out you're in your own house. Yeah, you're in like this little hut. Because you no longer own the house you grew up in yeah. because you're no longer a samurai. I mean, like the place is missing doors and windows. Like, yeah. Like you're, you are literally in a rundown shack. Well, so if you notice, I recognize the area because behind your house there's a hot spring oh neat yeah so like you got a spa what the fuck else do you yeah, need in I was... feudal japan like come on <laughs> I, was, I mean yeah i mean like it's not exactly the worst place to spend the rest of your life right but and you have this conversation with yuna and this is where like it, it was it was conflicting right? right because of course they did what i want but they didn't do what i want yeah <laughs> right i know exactly what you're talking about um because you end up having this conversation with her about how, like, you've been on one crazy wild ride together and you, you've helped each other through a lot. Because there are a lot of emotional conversations between the two well, of you. Yeah, and if I can interrupt for just yeah, one yeah, second. Absolutely. there's there was There's one bit of dialogue where, or, or maybe it does happen in this moment. I don't remember. Okay. But um, Yuna says something like, you should come away with me. You and I can get on a boat. We'll just escape together. And you say to her, is that what you really want? And she says, no. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. Like, they didn't do the thing I wanted them to do, but I'm glad they didn't do the thing that I didn't really want them to do. <laughs> I I think that they, um, I think that was earlier. I think that's before the I think so, fight. too. So, you end up having this conversation, and she basically says, hey, I'll see you around. Yeah, I'm sticking around. We're going to get get the rest of the we'll, Mongols We'll off. wipe these guys up, and then you can go through the house. Did you go through the house? Yep, I just did that yeah. before I went outside. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't do it before you go outside, because you start in the house. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And in the house, you like if you've concluded all of these storylines, there's memorabilia. So there's so like cool. Kimiko's mask and broken bow. Mm-hmm. There's a um, there's a bottle of sake yep. for Kenji. Which and he you can interact with him, and he makes all of these different little comments yeah. like, "Oh, this is supposed to be his best stuff. Maybe one day I can break it open with him." Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like it's a it's a fun little place of like here's yeah. a trophy of all of that adventure that you just went. Yeah, on. like there you have all these banners Mm -hmm. that you throughout the game you're collecting which is how you unlock horse saddles um and you make the comment of like god how many years was i raised 
under these banners mm-hmm. like that these were basically right out my window and it it was it's kind of a cool little part and then you can finish up whatever else right yeah I, which this yeah. is where one of my complaints come in yeah so i am a completionist in the sense of like if there are little collectibles like that and little marks on my map and everything like that i want to get them all mm-hmm. if i know that something exists i kind of want to have it all mm-hmm. right there are some things where i'm kind of like no that's stupid i don't care but others where i'm like nope I, I got to have them all. So in that first section, I literally went through up and down line by line to uncover the entire portion of that map. And then I, I got all the spots. And once you defeat that first keep, you basically find out, hey, they're burning all these farms in this portion so then you go back down through the map and you hit these farms and you you stop the mongols from burning them and once you do that it uncovers the whole map <laughs> it just blanket uncovers the whole yeah map. it uncovers that the map of the first section and then it's a similar thing when you defeat the section the second section and, and the third and when you get into the third then the second section is now completely open and yeah once yeah. you defeat the like, game everything is unlocked it it just goes through and opens yeah. up everything because after that i didn't I didn't go through and try and uncover the whole map because I was like, it's going to uncover for me and then I'll just hit all the collectibles, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, there's a couple of things at the end where I was just like, okay, so there's still Mongols. You still have random encounters. Um, There were still things that didn't make sense because when you defeat the second, the the second keep, right? Mm -hmm. You fight the Ronin master. He tells you, you have killed all of my Ronin. Yeah. But... At the end of the game, if you go back into the second section, you will still stumble upon Wandering Ronin. That literally happened to me. I was riding around. I was like, oh, cool. I could stand off against some people. What kind of Mongols? Oh, shit. That were the Ronin. Fuck these guys. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're going to faint. I'm going to miss it. They're going to attack me. Take all my health away. I'm going to have to heal myself. And oh, look, I missed the attack and he fainted. So on and so forth. So good. And so on and so forth. <laughs> and like, so th- there were a couple of little things like that mm-hmm. that were just kind of like, meh. But for the most part, it was just standard in-game content. Like now, I hope that they put out more, mm-hmm. right? For those of you who have been paying attention, they did put out a launch trailer for Legends. Mm-hmm. At time of recording? They haven't given us a date, but it appears to be a multiplayer yeah, aspect w- of the game. It said, what, fall? Yeah, yeah just fall. Fall 2020, 2020, so yeah, in the next month or two Hopefully. at this point, we'll yeah. see, yeah. It, it's only got like two more months left before mm-hmm. we hit winter. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, I hope they they continue with it. I mm-hmm. hope they, they put out more content. I'm very interested to see the multiplayer, of course, when the multiplayer comes out. I hope we can jump into a match and play. Heck yeah. Um, because... It, it was such a fun game. Mm-hmm. It's one that maybe a, a year from now, I'd probably jump back in and play again. I wouldn't just immediately replay through it because I'm not one of those people that can necessarily keep playing through the same exact storyline over and over mm-hmm. and over. I have, I have a problem with attention span. <laughs> I think I would probably play it again, but I think this time I would do the Kurosawa mode. I would probably oh, yeah. play through a second time yeah. with that. But same as you, like I'm not gonna do it anytime soon. Yeah, there's still so much good stuff on the horizon. So yeah, I would yeah. I will definitely play this again. I had so much fun playing it and I loved being in the world just Riding around, getting into random conflicts. It's so gorgeous. It's just so much fun to be in. I didn't like the second place. I didn't like the third. Snowy areas. I didn't. The second area was meh. I but I, I didn't. I thought it would, because it's all black. They basically they burned everything. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very like, swamp like. Yeah, yeah. I'm just no, like, uh, th- that first area. It's just 
full of the beautiful colors. The first area to me is the favorite because it is. It is. Best, it's yeah. just it's so the, it's gorgeous. The, it's the biggest. It's the most colorful. But again, it's supposed to be that transition of your character. Yeah, right. I you mean, know? yeah. Symbolism. Yay. <laughs> um, and it really is. The symbolism yeah. in this game is amazing. Um, but yeah, and then there's other stuff that we didn't really touch on. We didn't. We, we mentioned it, but we didn't really discuss haikus. There's a whole other character. You you did mention the warrior monk. Yeah. You know, we didn't really talk about him, there's, but there's just, there's just so, so much. much. Yeah. I mean, we're, and it, it is such a great game. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm so in wrapping it up, right? Like yeah. I, so the bird stuff, <laughs> you know, the, like I said, the grappling hook, Yeah. you know, it's got gripes, but we are talking about like minor things, minor things in an, beautiful game. in a great game. I highly recommend yeah. anybody who's into storytelling and is, is at least proficient in because i didn't play it on the easiest setting yeah but i can't imagine this game would be hard for somebody brand new to melee combat style games you know even on the hardest setting if you can get the timing down pretty good Mm -hmm. it's it's not that bad it's it literally it's all about your timing because it it just made it feel more real for me right like how many times can you be cut by a sword and truly live you know what i mean yeah like in real life like I'm pretty sure after they hit me once, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm out. I want to call my mom. <laughs> like, you know? And yeah. so to go through that, I, I do. That's part of the reason why I play on harder difficulties. The other part is because I always end up becoming overpowered very early. And mm. if I play on the normal mode, then the rest of the game is just yeah, way too easy. Yeah. I, I felt like... It had its little problems, but do not take any, like, take every one of those with a little grain of salt. It's oh, yeah. N- it's not going to ruin it. It's going to, like, take you out of it maybe for a little bit. But I, Some is... of them I don't even think it'll take you out of it. It was just things that I'm, like, looking at because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this game. I want to talk about this yeah. game. It's such an amazing game because I just, I loved it. I really did. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we talked a lot about flaws and stuff like that on it, but really it was just, it was incredible. I would I would definitely definitely push anybody who is into these type type of games to play this one to give it its chance. Now, granted, it is a PS4 exclusive. Mm-hmm. It is only on the PS4. Sorry, Xbox lovers. Like if you if you've got a PlayStation, you love these type of games. You you love history, for one. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot in that. Um, you love just the third person combats. You know, historical fiction like. This game, is, I think it could be suited for a lot of different types of people. Yeah. I guess that's about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- um, thanks for joining us. And until next time, game, game on. on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required.